This is Dr. Ara Austin for the School of Molecular Sciences. This podcast is really to help our students set up in career paths that they're interested in. Welcome to this session of Graduating in Science. Now what? In today's podcast, I would like to welcome Mr. Soloway from Hayes Soloway Patent Law Firm, as well as one of my students in my organic chemistry course who work for Mr. Soloway, Shauna Bronson. Uh, welcome to the podcast. And quick, could you quickly uh, introduce yourselves and your roles at Hayes Soloway Patent Law Firm? Okay, well, this is Nick Soloway. Uh, I am the founding partner. I guess I'll sort of give you a brief history. Uh, I started uh, my education at MIT in 1958. At that time, I was going to be a patent attorney. Now, I know I don't look that old. And uh, of course, my mother wanted me to be, as many mothers did back in the 50s, wanted me to be a doctor, uh, medical doctor. I uh, but I had no interest at that time. I did end up marrying a medical doctor, so I got back in my mother's good graces. With an uh, advanced degree in chemistry, you'd uh, teach, uh, which was of interest, but I didn't know if I wanted to be uh, uh, a teacher for the rest of my life, be it, be it in college or high school or what have you. Uh, or you ended up working in a large corporation. We didn't have all these entrepreneurial small companies back in the 50s, it seems. Uh, and I realized that DuPont started you know, in a garage, et cetera, but on the most part, your future, uh, as I saw it, was working in a large company somewhere, being cubbyhole, being an absolute expert about one molecule <laughs> and that'll be the rest of your life. And uh, you know, also back in the uh, late 50s, early 60s, primarily it was wet chemistry. We did not do a lot of computational type of work. And I said, I don't know if I want to spend the rest of my life doing this. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know, I like science. I like engineering. I have a working vocabulary in the field. So I thought, what else could I do with it? Rather than pursuing a more traditional science discipline for graduate school, you chose to attend law school instead. Was there a specific reason that you decided to practice law, more specifically patent law? I thought maybe I'll go to law school and go into something called product liability. Uh, I could now work with the test engineers, understand, communicate with them as to why an airplane fell out of the sky or a, a, a car went off a cliff because of a steering problem and what have you. School. One of my professors had authored something new then called the Uniform Commercial Code. Mm. And I read what he was writing and it was just starting to be adopted. And I thought, well, you know, we're not going to be arguing over causation. Uh, who was at fault. We'd end up just arguing over damages, which would make me nothing more than an accountant or an actuarialist or something. And it didn't sound like it would be interesting. And I learned there was something called patent law. I thought I'd try it. And I tried it and I liked it. Actually, I loved it. 
it's a wonderful way to make a living and I'll sort of explain that uh, later when we when we go on but I I'll let uh, Shauna take over for a minute um I'm Shauna Bronson. I'm currently a student at ASU, but I have also been Mr. Soloway's assistant for 16 years. Wow. Uh, so I'm, I work in a paralegal capacity and have done so for, uh, now I'm aging myself, 21 years. <laughs> so between the two of us, you have a lot of patent experience in this room. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that's, that's my my current role here is um, mostly procedural. Um, I handle the filing of the patent applications and, you know, assist with uh, patent prosecution and um, some legal research as well. How does a patent attorney work uh, with a scientist to protect his or her intellectual property? Could you share more thoughts on that? Many inventors, uh, while they are truly truly innovative in and very knowledgeable in their field sometimes have blinders on mm. but uh, we, we take it and, and that's why having a good basis in technology whatever it is is important but you, you, you file an application that's a technical paper in part uh, with uh, it's, it's got to be written a certain way uh, and we did send you some samples of some patents and then it goes to the patent examiner who is someone who is in theory knowledgeable in the area in which he's examining before you get a patent you've got to establish that it is new or novel and non-obvious so the examiner goes and does a search of the prior art and he will uh, issue what is called an office action typically He's going to reject your application. If, in fact, we say if you if you get a first action allowance, you haven't asked for enough. It's like uh, uh, yeah, negotiating to buy a house or a car or what have you. But more significantly, almost every day we get a you know we've got a big practice with a lot of filings. I get a notice of allowance or I have filed an amendment, a response to an examiner's rejection, and he says, you know, you're right. <laughs> I can't continue to reject it based on the reasons I gave you. So I found some new reasons to reject it. And so that, I, that's a win also. Yeah. Right. So almost every day we open up the mail and there's a notice of allowance or sometimes several or a further office action where the examiner says, you got me, but I did some more work, and before I give you a patent, I'm going to, uh, you know, I, I found this new prior art you've got to be inventive over. So if you are essentially a child and need instant gratification, <laughs> and I call myself a child in that regard, and I just don't know of too many areas of it, too many professional areas where your work is like that, where you get successes almost daily. You know, you're dealing with interesting people. Mm-hmm. Right. And people that are constantly creative and creating, because I feel like science, um, a lot of oftentimes people think that science is uh, simply a way of just validating things that are there. But I feel like science is also a lot of times the 
people who create and people who innovate and find new things to for the better benefit of other people. Shauna, you have worked with Mr. Soloway's firm for quite some time uh, and are currently working on your science degree through ASU Online Biochemistry program to become a patent agent. Um, I'm not sure what the real difference between being a patent lawyer is and being a patent agent, so could you share uh, how they're different and how they support uh, a scientist to um, get their patents passed? Um, it's different that um, you don't require a law degree. Um, you would practice in front of the patent office only. Um, you do not render legal advice to your clients and you know in, with regards to infringement and whatnot, and you don't represent your clients in court. I see. so it would be more driven towards just the patent prosecution arena. I see. So like uh, in like a health science field in a hospital, for instance, if the patent attorney is like a physician, practicing physician, the um, patent agent is almost like a physician's assistant, like a PA. Um, yeah. yeah, in the in the sense that they work for the for the law firm itself. That's I think that's a very good analogy. Yes. Uh, now the patent agent has the same technical qualifications as a patent attorney. What is the most memorable case that you have worked on? Wow. <laughs> There's some dicey ones for sure. <laughs> uh, we have, as I said, we have fun every day. Um, you know, I, there's a couple of cases that are um, quite memorable. Uh, one from a technical standpoint, uh, one from a just a really fun standpoint. You you were involved uh, uh, with the uh, Payless shoe case, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, <laughs> Payless shoe case. What is that? Did I hear that correctly? Payless, yes. Uh, turn the I have to turn the clock back many years uh, because it, it, uh, but. I had a, a uh, client come into the office. He was a practicing podiatrist. Oh, this was now 25 or more years ago. Uh, uh, actually, a referral from my, um, from my wife, who was, uh, as I mentioned, was a medical doctor. Uh, and uh, Dr. Dannenberg, Howie Dannenberg, had discovered a whole new phenomenon in terms of biomechanics of ambulation of walking and of, of, the, uh, of the foot. And uh, so we filed a patent application and got a patent and ultimately licensed several orthotics manufacturers and a, a large shoe company, uh, Brooks Shoe Company at the time, uh, a division of Wolverine, which was a big board company. And I had taken a piece of the action. You know, sometimes attorneys uh, will take a contingent uh, fee rather than get paid, their normal hourly rate. And it turned out to be very nice. Uh, uh, Dr. Dannenberg built an office building with his share. Uh, now I had a much smaller piece, but I sent both my children to boarding school. 
uh, bought my retired mother, who was a teacher, a, a car, things like that, mm -hmm. with my my share, and, and pre, it was a wonderful situation for several years. Uh, the our licensee, uh, Brooks Shoe Company, ended up paying Dr. Dannenberg more than their highest paid their president. <laughs> wow. Uh, and human nature being what it is, uh, uh, ultimately they decided to cancel the um, uh, the license because uh, his nose was out of joint, shall we say. <laughs> when he saw that some licensee from New Hampshire uh, was making more than he was. <laughs> now I want to turn. I'm going to take an aside because I want to turn the clock uh, ahead about 20 years. I was at uh, an organization called Singularity University. The chair of faculty at the time was a former astronaut, mm -hmm. a PhD, MD, and we were talking and. I don't know how we got on the subject, but he mentioned something about having made a patentable invention in uh, the footwear industry that he had licensed to Brooke Shoe. Mm -hmm. Now, when Brooks adopted Dr. Dannenberg's technology, they also adopted this uh, this other inventor's technology at the same time, but they had instructed us that we should have no contact with one another, and we respected that. Well, it turns out they were paying this other inventor about a quarter of a penny for a pair of shoes for his patents, and they were paying us anywhere from 60 cents to a dollar fifty a pair. Wow, that's a big, big change, or that's a big uh, difference. We struck a very different deal than than uh, uh, than he did, as it turns out. Uh -huh. And now, then now, they didn't want us to talk to him. <laughs> All right, so turn the clock ahead. Brooks ultimately uh, uh, phased out our technology. Um, but it was adopted just before the patent expired by uh, uh, Payless Shoes Source. Oh. And Payless were very, you know, we offered them a license and they told us essentially to go pound sand is, is a nice way of saying things. Uh, so we brought suit and then they challenge the patent in a procedure in the patent office uh, that permits you to challenge the, the uh, uh, patent and they use that procedure to stay the federal court proceeding. Uh, then they brought another challenge on different prior art also in the patent office so we moved to consolidate them and we went back and forth several times to the patent office and ultimately on appeal uh, 
confirmed the validity of our patent. So then we ultimately went to court and uh, the, the court suit started. We did settle for a nice, nice big fat amount. Uh, uh, and that's not the reason that that that, that Payless is now bankrupt. <laughs> I was going to mention that. I was like, I'm pretty sure they were having a liquidation sale not too long ago. What do you like the most about working uh, in a patent law? Oh, yeah, it's you know, it's nice at, at the end of three or four or five years if you win. <laughs> but you have you're in and out. You you win one motion, you lose another, and this and that. While patent prosecution, which is the bread and butter mm -hmm. for our practice, uh, it's just, as they say, daily uh, allowance, it seems, or at least a, a daily win. You know. and, and I guess for Shauna, too, is um, now that you've decided uh, to pursue becoming a patent agent, um, what was that aha moment where you said, you know, I've been working at this firm for a long time now. This is what I really want to do. Did you have that um, experience? You know, I always thought I would go back to school. Um, I, I have an underlying bachelor's degree in management from Pepperdine. And when I moved back out here and started working with Nick, um, I had always thought I would either A, go to law school, or B, pursue the science or engineering um, route and, you know, do the agency type of, of work. Um, I just, I, and then I settled down and had two, two kids, kept me occupied for quite some time, so going back to school was, was a lot more delayed than what I really um, wanted to do, but here I am. Um, law school, you have to be on ground, which mm -hmm. is difficult when you're a single mom of two kids. Right. Um, this online program here at ASU is, it was, you know, really accommodating. I'm very happy to hear that. Um, obviously, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you're part of the, uh, my class that I'm teaching online, but as well as I also run the online biochemistry degree itself. So um, the most fulfillment that I receive on day-to-day -day basis is helping students like yourself who just you, you're not trying to do this online because um, you just feel like it. You're doing it because it's accommodating to your current situation. So I feel a lot of fulfillment out of helping students like you. I don't know how she does it, uh, but she has two absolutely terrific kids. Uh, and uh, she's juggling that. She's juggling uh, work here uh, and, and also uh, uh, getting her degree, uh, she's absolutely amazing. Uh, she has a a very special work ethic uh, and the ability to get her arms around complex and difficult things, and she owes it to herself. You know, I think you know we've encouraged her to go to, and become a patent agent yeah. because she owes it to herself to she could make a lot more money and have a lot more fun doing it. Uh, than uh, staying in her current role. What advice would you give to a student who may be interested in pursuing patent law as a career? And is there something that uh, my students could do or should be doing as an undergraduate student uh, to prepare for such a career? Well, technology does drive our practice. 
having a good working vocabulary and uh, not being afraid to learn new things. Uh, you know, we, they, they always say that someone who has a degree in engineering or, or science has demonstrated an ability uh, to really assimilate a lot of facts and put them and then uh, use them in various ways and just are clear thinkers and organized minds. Uh, you know, get that degree. Uh, uh, we and I think uh, other law firms do use uh, uh, sometimes undergraduate students or graduate students as technical writers so they can uh, in part see what it's like to be a, a patent attorney uh, or at least shadow people come, you know, come and see what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I was just going to say that somebody doesn't have to necessarily wait after they graduate with their, you know, biochem degrees. Um, they can go right ahead and take the patent bar um, immediately, um, get to work if they wanted to while they're checking out law schools or preparing for the LSAT, things like that. It, it's definitely something that you could just go ahead and, and take once you have those technical credits. Um, it's an eight-hour exam. It's, it's going to be a tough one to prepare for. I'm shooting to take it the first week of June. Oh um, man, right after the summer labs, huh? Before, I'm hoping to show up there having passed it. Um, oh, I, 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 I will check up on that with you so that I can <laughs> congratulate you when you pass it. I'm sure you will do fabulous. Let, let's hope. <laughs> I believe it's a 40% pass rate. Um, so um, it, it, it will be tough, but... Um, if somebody does have a degree in in a science field, they can, you know, take that exam and, like Mr. Soloway said, start working as legal writer, uh, you know, technical writer for firms, and then they don't delay, you know, putting their foot out there without, you know, waiting another three years to get through law school. Perfect. So I, I would like to thank both of you for joining us today. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a wonderful conversation. And I think I myself and my students learned a lot uh, from speaking to both of you. Thank you. More information on this episode of Graduating in Science, Now What? can be found on School of Molecular Sciences website, sms.asu.edu.